This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, real lifers. Oh my goodness, it is March 2021, and I realized that today, exactly a year ago, marks the last time I ate indoors at a restaurant. But I'm feeling really optimistic this week. I was able to get my first dose of the Pfizer vaccine, and I'm just so grateful for that. And I know now by sometime in April, I'm going to be fully vaccinated. And it's just amazing to see this whole process play out. I really encourage all of you that as soon as a vaccine becomes available to you to go get it. If you are eligible, there is a reason you are eligible. Don't feel guilty. Just go get it. Well, it was another wild week in Bravo, both on the shows and what's happening in real time. There were a series of videos released of Jen Shaw seemingly assaulting her staff and screaming at them, um, what appears to be over her reunion dress. I mean, this was really, it was really something. I know that a lot of her castmates have said that she doesn't play up her personality for the camera the way many of us kind of thought, that she acts the exact same way when the cameras aren't rolling. And that makes it even, like, scarier, I think, to me. I don't know who is posting these or what the reason is behind it, but if these are authentic videos, and they seem to be, then she has a very serious anger problem and definitely needs to address it. I don't know how Bravo is going to react and would love to hear what a lot of you guys think about not just the videos, but how you think Bravo should handle it. It reminds me a bit of how Dorinda was behaving this past season. I think they even played down some of how bad her anger issues were towards her castmates and towards production. And they basically said, you need to take some time off and hopefully you can come back. And so I wonder if we'll see something similar with Jen Shaw. Also, Ashley Darby had a baby boy number two. Sending all my love to her. I hope she is recovering well. And Dean is excited to be a big brother. And 
I'm hoping we get to see some of this play out on the next season of The Real Housewives of Potomac. Now, before I get into sharing some of my thoughts on The Real Housewives of Dallas and Summer House, wanted to make a few quick announcements. So I guest hosted on the Pink Shade podcast this week with Mary Payne while Aaron Martin was away. We chat all things Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Dallas, Real Housewives of New Jersey, and I share um, some thoughts thoughts on COVID and kind of when things might start to get better. So really encourage you guys to go listen to that. And I'm also going to be on the podcast Truly Anything with Donnie Hadfield-Smith. We discuss one of my absolute all-time favorite movies, The First Wives Club. So you guys definitely should check that out. Be sure to subscribe to Truly Anything. Also, in exciting news, I have finally, finally consolidated my social media accounts. So now you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse at the handle at Mandy Slutsker. It's just my name. It's going to be real easy from here on out. <laughs> um, if you were already following me at ITRL underscore podcast, you still will be following me. I just switched up my username. Quick shout out to Brands by Bravo and Kate Casey, uh, who encouraged me to consolidate and just use my name uh, for all my social media. So thank you guys. Now let's talk first about the Real Housewives of Dallas. Oh man, something about Tiffany Moon is just bringing out all of the insecurities of the other women on the show with the exception of Deandra Simmons. I mean, every single one of these women has some sort of insecurity that Tiffany, just by being around them, it's just shining through. So with Cameron, I think she is insecure about her intellect. She's maybe been called a dumb blonde before. I I don't really know why she feels so strongly about this, but she does not ever want to be corrected in her speech or anything that she says, even if she's using the wrong word or the wrong term. And Tiffany has corrected her before, and it, it really upsets Cameron. And so, you know, Tiffany's like, all right, I'll try, I guess, not to correct you. Uh, but it just makes Cameron look silly. I don't know why she feels so strong about it. It definitely is more of an issue with her than I think it is with Tiffany. And then you've got Stephanie Holman, who, you know, was kind of like the darling for the last four seasons, always seemed so sweet. She seemed like she was sort of like one of the viewers. And now she seems kind of weird around Tiffany. It's like, oh, she didn't like that Tiffany mentioned how expensive her toilets were or how many handbags she has or her closet. And it's like, Stephanie has so much money. She bought this house that had a pool in the middle of a living room. And now she's upset with Tiffany for talking about money. I, I don't really understand it. And then, of course, you've got Brandy. Brandy Redman just is so in her own head, and she somehow cannot seem to get out of it. <laughs> and, you know, the video that was leaked last year that showed her mocking Asians and saying that she had squinty eyes, 
you know, she apologized for this video. She had a great conversation with Tiffany. Tiffany showed her so much grace. And I think everything has been all right moving forward. But Brandy just can't get out of her own head and is constantly double thinking and wondering, oh, should I, can I really say this around Tiffany? Can I joke around Tiffany? And the answer is yes, you can be yourself around Tiffany. Just maybe don't be racist or xenophobic. And apparently Brandy doesn't get this. And at the dinner that they had, you see Brandy saying she's uncomfortable around Tiffany. And it's just, why put this burden on Tiffany? It is not her burden to be able to make you feel comfortable around her. I found this whole conversation just really incredibly disappointing. I wish one of Brandy's friends on the show would have told her not to do this. Um, You know, if she wanted to have a conversation with Tiffany, you know, maybe pull her aside separately, try and, you know, say, I'm still feeling kind of self-conscious around you. Like, I kind of want to do a gut check. Like, how are we doing us as friends? Like, do I do things that offend you? I'm kind of second guessing myself a lot. Maybe she could have even done this off camera, but to do it in front of all of these women with the cameras, it just felt so gross and no wonder Tiffany's upset. And it seems like this coming week, Tiffany is going to leave the vacation early. And honestly, I think I would do the same thing. I'd be like, screw you guys. It's like she can't do anything right. And they're not really spending a lot of time trying to get to know her either, which really doesn't sit well with me. I feel like with Carrie, they were always asking her questions and really interested in her when she was new on the show. And then with Tiffany, I don't know, they just don't seem to vibe with her or like her. But I don't think it has that much to do with Tiffany. I really truly think it has to do with the insecurities of each of these women. So I'm incredibly disappointed with how they've been acting. Um, But then we get to Summer House. Oh, my goodness. This was an incredible episode. I mean, it just started with such heartbreak of Carl Radke, you know, finding out that his brother, Curtis, had overdosed after spending a year being sober. And my heart broke in a million pieces. You know, this pandemic has been so difficult on everyone, but especially on people that suffer from addiction and substance use disorder. And, you know, for his brother to go so long into this pandemic and remain sober is amazing. And I think a lot of us know that when people are sober for a while, your tolerance to drugs changes. And so the first time that you may use afterwards, uh, you're more at risk of having an overdose also. I just, it was also just so sad hearing that Carl really wanted to rebuild his relationship with his brother, but you know, time and distance and the coronavirus got in the way. And it sounded like his brother had been talking to his new girlfriend also about wanting to rekindle a friendship and a relationship with Carl. So this just, it was so tough. It was also really interesting hearing from Danielle, whose father died as a result of addiction, and Luke, who has a father that battles alcoholism. I feel like they probably understand the situation even better than everyone else and can really serve as good friends to Carl during this time. 
It was really heartwarming to see how everyone was reacting to it, trying to give him enough space so that he could go on a walk by himself and be away from the cameras and process what happened. And also being there, you know, sitting on on the front steps with him, you know, just letting him be and and kind of take all of this all in and just letting them know that they're there for him. It was really a beautiful moment. And I am so proud that Carl has like used this moment to draw attention to mental health, to addiction, and to encouraging people to ask for help. I think it's a really beautiful thing um, what he's been doing with his platform. Of course, I felt terrible for him when all the drama continued in the house and, you know, he's processing probably one of the worst, if not the worst days of his entire life. But of course, you know, the show must go on and they continue arguing. And it's just pretty wild to see Hannah saying, oh, I woke up planning on fighting people, but then real shit happened, you know, alluding to what happened with Carl's brother. But yet, only a few hours after that, she goes on and she starts fighting people, including one of her good friends, Amanda. I feel like Hannah can't address Amanda as her own person. She like puts Amanda in with Kyle. And when she's frustrated with Kyle, she's frustrated with Amanda and Kyle. And I think that's really unfair. And the kinds of things she says to Amanda, putting her down and putting down her relationship are things that friends shouldn't do. And I'm just really disappointed with Hannah. She alluded on social media to the fact that we didn't see the whole story and that she was frustrated about other things, not just what we saw on TV. But I'm sorry, I don't know what could possibly make you behave that way towards a friend. I don't care how angry you are. Some things are just uncalled for. Like, can't you just have a conversation? Fine, you had a big blow up, you yelled, someone threw a plastic cup, but can't you have a conversation now and move forward from that? Apparently not. Also, of course, Hannah announced her engagement this week, and we're all doing some of the math looking at, you know, when did she meet Des and when did they start dating and did it overlap with filming of Summer House? And I don't know really what to think. Maybe she she met Des before they started filming. Maybe they weren't exclusive, but it just doesn't sit right with me how she's been playing up this whole thing with Luke. And then meanwhile, she's actually dating this other guy. I don't know. It's hard to to put it together. Of course, since I'm not really liking Hannah this season, I'm probably being a little harsher on her and a little more judgmental and not giving her the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> of course, Lindsay, it's her birthday and all this is happening. And even though one of her best friends experienced the death of his brother and they're in the middle of a pandemic... You know, for her, her birthday is still like the biggest thing that's going on and everyone needs to pay attention. And it's just like so on brand for Lindsay. I don't know how her and Steven got to a year into their relationship. I really don't because she seems to have such high expectations for anyone that is with her. And the people that date her never seem to meet her expectations. And so I'm just shocked it it lasted this long. 
So it's her birthday, and Stravi, who has been dating her for a year, decides to set up a nice little dinner outside where he orders in takeout from the restaurant that they went to a year ago when he asked her to be his girlfriend. And this is just not good enough for Lindsay. And she was thinking maybe there would be a boat. I mean, I don't really know what she wanted in the middle of a pandemic. However, I will say it was annoying that he kept on saying how much work he had put into it because it's really not that much work to get takeout and set it up outside. What I think was work was the gift that he got for her, where it was a picture he had taken of her and he got it made into a painting. That may have taken a little bit of work. But he also works in the hospitality industry. So you think, you know, with that, him working in hospitality, and him knowing Lindsay's high expectations that he could have put together something that would have been a little bit better than cold fish and chips. <laughs> but seeing Lindsay just it was so chilling. She hated that dinner. She was looking at him with such contempt. And he clearly just isn't going to measure up. And she told him that. So he gets up and just leaves. He leaves the house. I mean, he packs up everything. He doesn't say bye to her. They have no further conversation. And then he just leaves. And it's just, it's so shocking. But I don't think he was really the right fit for her, particularly because Danielle didn't think so. And that's one of her closest friends. So I don't know. I really hope she does find someone that's a good match for her. But she also can't expect people to read her mind. And it seems like she always wants to be with someone that can anticipate her every need. And that's just not a very realistic thing. However, I am absolutely loving Lindsay this season on Summer House. She is a fantastic person for reality TV, and we are just very blessed to have her on our screens. Okay, so now it's time for my chat with Hannah Brown. Hannah Brown is hilarious. She's a comedian, she's an entertainer, and she does some of my absolute favorite impressions, especially of Real Housewives. Her Lisa Barlow impression is honestly, it's second to none. We had the best time chatting, and I am sure you guys will enjoy it too. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Hannah. Hi, guys. I am here with one of my favorite people that I have met through doing this podcast. Her name is Hannah Brown. She is a comedian, an actor, an entertainer, a podcaster, um, dare I say influencer. Ooh. <laughs> and she makes the best videos where she imitates housewives, and I'm obsessed with them. How are you doing, Hannah? Oh my gosh, Mandy, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I love talking to you. I love your energy. I can't wait till we can meet IRL. <laughs> I'm gonna give you such a, a long hug. hug. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you before, like, I, don't you hate when people just go, I'm a hugger, and then they hug you, and you're like, you didn't ask if you could come into my space with this hug. So I'll ask you, and then I'll give you a long hug if you're okay with it. I mean, I'm Jewish, so it doesn't, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of like overbearing women in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they like, just go in for the hug. Yeah, I yeah. just. I deal with it. <laughs> Great. Then I'll get on their level and I'll give you a warm embrace when you can visit LA. Yes. Oh my God. We're going to go to Dorit's room. It's going to be 
I dream about it all the time. Sometimes I just walk around my neighborhood listening to like music that I know I'll party to with my friends on the other side of this. And then I like literally weep. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I know. I just I don't even care to party. I just want to have like dinner with people. A nice group dinner. Go to see a movie. Uh, Fuck me up right now. Like sounds great. I never cared about going to an actual theater. No, I, I, I actually yeah. I'm afraid of them usually. But now I'm like, you know, what's you know, wait, Mandy, sorry, finish your thought. No, I don't have any more thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that something was wrong with me when I started daydreaming about going to fucking Disneyland. I was like, I'm going to wear some cute ears and a little flip skirt and a fun little top. And I'm going to like take a basic bitch picture with a churl like I'm going to ride every fucking ride. I I want to go. Who am I? Wait, so tell me about Disneyland. So, like, Disney World, a lot of people really like, like, including adults. They enjoy yeah. it. I don't, I haven't been as an adult, so I don't really mm-hmm. know, but it sounds like it can be enjoyable for a couple of days. Is Disneyland, like, the low-rent version? Yes. Yeah, so what I really want to do in my deepest heart of hearts is go to Disney World, because Disney World is, like, several, like, big fucking parks. Like, you need a few days, Okay to knock that shit out. Disneyland is like you got California Adventure and then you got like I believe it's Magic Kingdom. I don't fucking know. And you can do it in a day. No problem. Okay. So it's more of like it's it's a step above Six Flags. Yes. But it's not the true. Okay. This is helpful to know. It's not Disney World. Yeah. It's not Mm -hmm. not the like five day journey that you really want. But like for me it's like oh I live in LA. Like I'll drive to Anaheim and like make a day of it. I've always wanted to go to Palm Springs. Oh, my gosh. Have you never been? No. And as a Jew, um, I feel like (laughs) it's like a place that's calling me, you know? It's like not having been to Brooklyn or something. (laughs) You would thrive in Palm Springs. It's great. Like, I'm always like, I'm not really a desert kind of girl. And then I go to Palm Springs and I'm like, I'm one with the desert. And I just feel like I'm this cool, like, 70s lady that, like, has my tits out all the time. That's my Palm Springs vibe. I feel like it has the same energy as um, like the Keys, like Key West, but just desert vibe. Mm -hmm. So like gays, hippie Jews, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like nice outfits, but like tacky, but fun. Yes. You know, like the fun ant outfit kind of a thing. Yes. Some big jewelry, a big hat, wacky sunglasses, and a moo-moo. Like, that's the vibe. Oh, I can't wait to be that, like, fun aunt. Me too. And be so wacky and weird. (laughs) Same. My glasses collection is going to be, like, 50 pairs. They're all going to be strange. Like, Dorinda. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, man. Um. So one thing I wanted to bring up we haven't like talked about is you did this incredible impression of Lisa from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake. And I posted on an Instagram and, you know, I am like sort of newly trying to figure out Instagram. I've been on it, but it's not mm-hmm. really I don't really understand engagement, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I posted and I tag her in it because it's so funny and you sound just like her. And she wrote to me. And was saying how talented you were. When you told me that (laughs) and you showed me your correspondence, (laughs) it was so sweet. It was like so tender. I love that Lisa was like, so funny. (laughs) She was like very into it. 
She was like, love it. I can't can't do it. <laughs> love it. <laughs> so what like is your method behind being able to do all these voices and like behaviors? Well, okay. So like my dad made DVDs of all of our home movies like last year. And there are like many videos of me as a small child, like doing characters. And so I've always kind of done it, but it wasn't until, you know, the fucking quarantine of it all that I was like, I'm going to put these out there Um, because it was, I'm not the type of actor that really wants to post like my self tapes or like me acting. That feels just weird to me personally. No shade to anyone else who does that. But my impressions kind of felt like a low stakes way for me to like be like flexing my acting muscles while also being creative. And I think the Bravo videos always do not always, but they tend to do pretty well because people love to feel like they're on the inside of a joke where they're like, Oh my God, I get that. Like I, I watch that show and I try to make videos that are kind of like my own spin and less of um, me just regurgitating lines of theirs. Like I try to embody like their whole being, which is why I don't turn them out super fast because I wait until I'm like struck with an idea. I love that. <laughs> Can't do I it. love that. But it's not just the ideas. You actually get the tone of their voice. Like how do people do that? Like how do actors, I can't imitate that many people. I really think it's just like, it's, it's like, how does Ariana Grande do all those runs? Like, I don't fucking know. Like, I, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's just like I have like an ear for voices and for like and for accents. And and so I'll just be sometimes watching TV. And if someone's voice really like strikes me, I'll just sort of sit there and like start doing it and like kind of walk around my house or like do it in my car and like kind of just like finesse it when I'm by myself. And then um, but weirdly, if someone has a more like quote, like normal, like less distinctive voice, it's a lot harder for me to do. Like Lisa yeah. Barlow was easy because it was like, I just kind of acted like there was air stuck in my throat and then put like an East Coast like accent on it too. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. So that's, I don't know. It's just such a talent and it's so Thank you funny. So much. So, Thank you so much. I love these videos. So are you going to be doing like more of them? Are you focusing on it more? Yes. So I'm taking a hiatus from my podcast, Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown, mostly because it hasn't really creatively been lighting me up. And I have really wanted to like give acting more of my time, but I count my videos as acting too. Um, So yeah, so I have some ideas that I'm that are, you know, percolating in my brain. I am really excited to share my Margaret, my Teresa, Dolores I'm working on but again her voice is kind of like it's not super distinctive but I am working on it and then also when Roni comes back my Leah McSweeney has been I've been sitting on her for like a year could you give us a little preview of Leah oh my god of course this is the one line I say to always get me into it I dated a guy named Peter Chip really good though thank you i i cut a pair of sweatpants into shorts earlier in quarantine and i saved the bottom of the sweatpants to slide up on my arms for when i'm dressing up as leah mcsweeney because her outfits are always like really crazy they are she really (laughs) i don't know where she gets it from i know she's in fashion and everything but Mm -hmm. she's fun with it i enjoy 
seeing her outfits and everything. I'm really interested to see this coming season of The Real Housewives of New York. I I agree. I it needed a facelift. I'm excited for the new cast members. I I think with Bethany gone last season, there was no one in the cast to ground them, and so it just felt like a drunken circus. And I'm just hoping that with new cast members in this fresh new season, and like perhaps Dorinda gone, even though I miss her, we're gonna have just a fresh vibe. I hope so too. And I hope it's not like with having new members who are black women, I hope it doesn't mm-hmm. lead to uncomfortable situations that are happening on in Dallas, which let me tell you, it is so uncomfortable to watch. Mm-hmm. Like particularly Brandy engage with Tiffany, who's Asian. And Brandy finally is like, I don't know how to act around you. She said it, that on the show. Yes. And Just I'm don't be racist. Yeah. She basically doesn't know how to joke around without potentially offending. And that's like her own insecurity. And But it's not just that. It's like Tiffany seems to be unlocking each of these women's insecurities. So Cameron's mm-hmm. insecurity is that she's not smart. And mm-hmm. so when Tiffany comes in and will like correct something she says, like she's using the wrong word, you know, that's just what Tiffany does. She's also a teacher, like, a, you know, within medicine and Mm -hmm. Cameron just takes it like completely wrong. Like you don't think I'm smart enough and you think you're better and (sighs) which is not it at all. And then Stephanie seems to be uncomfortable with the amount of money that Tiffany spends and like her home, even though that's all Stephanie does. And it's just painful to watch because it makes each of these women, except for Deandra look awful. I dropped off because I think what's really been frustrating me with Bravo um, is that like they'll they'll be like, oh, we need to fix the fact that there's not enough representation in this franchise. So they'll put like one person of color in the cast. And we saw it with Leva, too, on Southern Charm, where it's like then that one person of color is put in a position to have to defend themselves when they call out their racist castmates. And it's like, well, that's not fair. Now they don't you know what I mean? Like the person of color then does not feel safe calling out their white racist cast members because then they all gang up on them and make them feel like they did something wrong. And I'm just like, I I can't. It's fucked up. I know. At least with Tiffany, like it didn't feel like it. She feels like a natural for the show. Like she's she's amazing. She's truly friends with Deandra. She has aspirational lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like she is someone that is meant to be on The Real Housewives. But she's a great housewife, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, what I think the issue is, like, she doesn't ever feel a need to call out anyone, like, because no one has said anything, like, terribly racist. I mean, there was people uncomfortable with the Chinese food that she introduced them to. But, you know, mm-hmm. they move beyond that. Tiffany can move beyond that. What is interesting is to see how the audience seems to really like Tiffany, because I felt like the audience overall didn't really like Leva on Southern Mm -hmm. Charm. I think she got a weird edit, too. We didn't get to see much about her personal life. She was just Mm -hmm. there to, like, educate us on the history of racism in South Carolina, which isn't that I have to be honest. I dropped off of Southern Charm, too. (laughs) But I, yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Um, Well, did you see the full season of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? I did. I thought that was really good. Delightful. So what were your thoughts, like, overall? Like, Yes, it was a good first season for any mm-hmm. housewives. But like, were you to do come in with different views or thinking of certain people? Did things change? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, actually, my my like 
first take on everyone changed a lot. I knew I loved Heather right away. Um, cause she it just is a sweetie, but at the reunion, I did not really like Heather at the reunion. I was not a fan of Heather first episode of the season thought Lisa Barlow was a little triggering. Cause I grew up in Highland park, Illinois, where there were a lot of snobby Jewish moms who made me feel bad about myself. So I was a little triggered by Lisa, but Lisa is a sweetie. We follow each other on Twitter. I love her. Um, again, she, she did flare up a little at the reunion, but <laughs> I've been there and I will, I, I will take Lisa's side. Jen Shaw first episode thought, Ooh, she is giving us 2010 housewives. Like, yes, yes, yes. I wanted to see her heels digging into the snow every time she got out of a car <laughs> yes. insanity. And now I'm like, keep me far away from that woman. I know. Did you see some of those videos that surfaced this week? I did. Here's the thing, Mandy. I feel a little out of it. I have one foot in the Bravo universe, okay? Because I follow you and a million other amazing Bravo content creators. And then I go to watch it and my brain just like stops caring. Like I have a hard time paying attention. I don't have the energy right now to pay attention to like Bravo outside of what's on my TV. And then even the stuff on my TV, I watch like a week after it comes out. So I'm one foot in, one foot out. I did see the videos though. And it was, uh, it was troubling to say the least. Well, it just reminded me a bit of like, I don't know how Leanne Locken was Mm -hmm. when she thought the cameras weren't catching her, like Mm -hmm. so much meaner and harsher and angrier than she was when the cameras were rolling. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jen Shaw is a toned down version of herself on camera. Yeah. And that's what's so scary, because what we saw on camera was a lot And then she's like verbally abusing her employees like on the sneak sneak (laughs) over a dress over a dress. Is that what it was over? I couldn't even. It was was over her reunion dress. (gasps) At this point, like I know she's going to flip out about literally anything. So it's like what she's actually flipping out about is like a moot point at this point to me because I'm just like, you're just going to be upset and yell at whoever's closest to you. I don't know how people hang close to her because I would be terrified. No. Also, like, how is she married to such an amazing man? I don't know if he's as amazing as, like, everyone (gasps) thinks. Is that a terrible take? I don't know. I just, like, I don't trust people that are, like, that good with their words. Mm. I do think he seems good, and I Mm -hmm. want to really like him. Of course. I was kind of put off by the idea that he didn't attend her father's funeral, but now it appears like he was involved. He did go to the wake. She definitely painted mm-hmm. a different picture than what really happened. Mm-hmm. But he, I don't know. Something seems off. I, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe she's emotionally abusive to him. Like she was screaming and he was there in one of the videos and he's just like trying to figure out what to do. And it was so uncomfortable. So I don't know, but like, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on any of them. Like, I feel like that was the first season. We got a first cut. Let's mm-hmm. see how they come across the second season. Like, you remember how Camille was edited in season one of Beverly Hills. And then, like, yes. I loved her season two. So, yes. you know, people can recalibrate. They can say, okay, I think I was a little too pushy here. Or I didn't share enough of myself here. or mm-hmm. And they can, like remake themselves and put their best version forward for a season two. Mm -hmm. So I feel like often season two leads us to like, I don't know, better housewives. 
yeah, like at this point, they have one season under their belt. They kind of know how to play the game a little more. And like they're in a position to self-produce, but they haven't been on it so long that they're bored and not really given us much anymore. I agree. I think season two of pretty much every franchise is like always good. Also, I just have to get this off my chest. I find Meredith Marks's husband, Seth, to be very hot. Oh, I think he's cute, too. Especially he's how very much sexy to me. He really likes her, too. And I find that attractive. Yeah. He's like, I never dated anyone else. Like, (laughs) yeah, he loves Meredith Marks. I'm like, why wouldn't he? She's she's great. She's great. Did you have a change of heart about Brooks Marks throughout the season? Oh, at first I like lived for him, died for him, lived again for him. And now I'm like, get off my TV. (laughs) So I he would be mean to me. Like if I met him, I know he would be mean to me. Yeah. He'd be like, you're just a lot. And I'd be like, you're a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you have a tracksuit line. That's a lot. That's like inherently the definition that's a lot. of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard from someone now I can't remember who I don't know if it was a podcast or what but like that he kind of stepped in for filming because he knew his mom wasn't going to give enough. I love that. And I really actually enjoy that take and I feel like he took some heat off her because she didn't share as much of her life. Mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't really give us the inner workings of her marriage. I think she thought it was going to be off limits. I have no idea where she got that. (laughs) Like, right? Do you know what show you're on? (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I also feel like people got so harsh against him that, like, I don't think he's as bad as people think. I also don't think he's as great as people thought, you know, the first episode. Totally. I think, yeah, I think there was something very just like, like, he just seemed like such a character in that first episode that it was super fun to see him. And then and then I didn't like the way how like the way he like pushed Meredith around and was like, you are Meredith Marks and you do not do X, Y and Z. I'm like, OK, you need to like chill. But also, I love that he if that's true, I love that he wanted to support his mom in that way by being like, my mom's not going to want to go there. So let me just like. Yeah, like take some of the heat. I also think it is so fucked up anytime someone goes for the children. Like, how many seasons of Housewives do we have to watch to know that you just never go after someone's kids? I don't know. I think I have a little bit of a different take. If you are a kid and you're doing confessionals, meaning you're getting paid and you're Mm -hmm. over 18, I think some level of criticism is fair game. You know what? That's a good point, Mandy. Not hate, right? Not like full-fledged. I don't believe in hate threat, towards anyone. You know? No. Yeah. <laughs> God, I, a sensible death I threat. I hope nobody gets that. <laughs> totally. You know, it's just interesting to like to see. But yeah. Um, although the one scene that I don't think I can ever rewatch with Brooks in it because it was so triggering to me, but very entertaining was when the was it the smoke alarm went off and there was <laughs> like a like a toilet overflowed and like they're both like sound like they're on Xanax like I mm-hmm. think there's a flood <laughs> like it was like what are you doing like that's a situation where my heart rate gets up I move quicker I like they have the dog barking totally it was I so react, chaotic like but they weren't acting chaotic. Right. 
they were like, oh no, it was like, to, it seems like a minor inconvenience. And the vibe was like, well, is someone going to handle this? Cause I'm sure it's shit not going to. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Because, I mean, but it was so intense. Actually, I had um, an alarm go off with my smoke detector recently, <gasps> like within the last few weeks. Um, I was wa- awoken by a voice in my room, which was terrifying. And it was my smoke detector speaking to me. I got like new ones and they're anyways, it was telling me that the battery was low. And then when I went to go change the battery, it started saying that there was carbon monoxide. And I was like, oh, that's bad, right? That's really bad. Terrifying. Yeah. You're like, but I was like, did I trip something? Did I like press the wrong thing? Like there can't really be carbon monoxide. Like, I don't know. What do I do? So I like called the fire department. Yeah, as one does. It's like the middle of the night, and they're like, ma'am, if it's sane, the carbon monoxide, like, get out. (laughs) I was like, okay. So I, like, get out with my – meanwhile, my dog is, like, shrieking (gasps) because the noise – because it's, like, beeping intensely and, like, yelling at me because it's, like, giving (gasps) commands. It's like, carbon monoxide detected. And I'm like (laughs) – That's so so scary. So I, like, run outside, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, if there really is a problem, my neighbors, like, hopefully theirs go off. We all have to have them. Nobody else's is going off. I'm the only one outside when these, like, three burly firemen show up. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, and it's (laughs) – then what happened? So they come up and they like do some tests and they're like, no, there's like no leak, you know, like we don't test anything. And but they're like, but we hear it's saying, you know, carbon monoxide and stuff. So like, we know you're not like, lying. And but then, was your smoke detector lying? Yeah. <gasps> it was oh I God. something got tripped, like a wire got tripped within it. And it apparently needed batteries replaced so the fire department came in the middle of the night to replace batteries on Mandy, my better detector. safe than sorry though like you don't fuck with carbon monoxide and then one of my neighbors from below me came up because my dog was shrieking the entire time and was so loud that like he knew there was a problem mm-hmm. so we like knocks on the door and he's like mandy and then he he's like give me the dog and he just like held her and she like melted in his arms and calmed down I That's like so sweet. I could not calm her. She was just like, what is the the noises were just so loud. Inconsolable. And so then they come out from like because it was in my bedroom and I'm like, all right, thank you so much. I'm so sorry. This is like such an inconvenience. And they're like, they're like silent. And I'm like, what? They're like, so you have two other smoke detectors, and if the batteries were low in that one, like you probably need to change out the others. I was like, oh, I can do that. They just like changed all the batteries for me. <laughs> It's like, since we're here, (laughs) they like looked at me. They were like, you look like such a mess right now. Two in the morning, you know. Oh, my God. I love that they did that for you, though. I love that. I know. (laughs) But I felt like such an idiot, you know. At least they heard it. At least they heard it. Yes. You did everything right. (sighs) I know. But like, they ended up only having to change batteries. Like, (laughs) It happens. I mean, like, again, better safe than sorry. And I did not handle that. And you know what? The entire time I was like, I should have handled this like Brooks. Like, I couldn't I couldn't keep calm like Brooks. 
just been like, oh no. I wasn't like, oh no. I was like, oh my God, to like my dog. I was like, stop. It's okay. It's okay. It'll be fine. Like, I was just so hysterical. Like, I know. Running out, you know, like, oh, do I need my passport in case like something goes wrong? Like, do I, you know, just. And then you're like, wait, can't forget my mask. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> Forgot about that. Honestly, I feel that so hard. I'm like so envious of just like chill people who are like, it's going to be okay. We're going to figure this out. I'm like, we're dying. Everyone's <laughs> dying. Like, it, maybe it's like a Jewish thing. I think it is. We're mm-hmm. not a calm people. At all. <laughs> At all. You know that old Caroline Manzo quote where she's like, we fight big and we love big. Yeah, that's how I feel as a Jewish woman. I fight big and I love big. I'm not like the biggest fighter, but Mm -hmm. I will voice a disagreement. Mm -hmm. I had a Kristen Doty phase that I believe I've talked to you about before, but thanks to a lot of therapy and a rather revelatory manifestation workshop, I'm in a much better place now. I want to go to a manifestation workshop. Uh, I'll I'll give you all my resources. Maybe I need to come out to LA to do that because I feel like that would not fly in DC. <laughs> like there's oh not God, a whole in LA, lot of people. people. Are like, who's your psychic? And they're like, <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, let's exchange our psychics. Ah, uh, I would really enjoy that. I think. Oh, I'll I'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> I really do want to talk to a psychic. Oh my god! We should talk yes. after this about that. I have some referrals because I feel like the ones out on at least this area are all fake. I know, you know, I want to talk to like a real or like an astrologer or someone who like actually oh, yeah. has some sort of sense of something. If you want to get a birth chart reading, I've got you. Oh, Lexi yeah. Wilson. She just did mine like a week ago. She's fucking amazing. I want to say her name on your podcast because she's amazing. Lexi Wilson for your birth chart reading needs. Follow her on Instagram. I only found out recently that like you don't just have a sign. You have like a rising and a moon. Oh, what is that? I don't know any of that. Oh, yeah. I know. I was always like Leo, big Leo energy, Leo season. (laughs) And it's like I have a fuck ton of Virgo in my chart. I'm a Sagittarius rising. I'm an Aquarius moon. You got your north node. You got your south node. I mean, crazy. Okay, I'm going to follow up on that. Um, well, wanted to get a little bit into Atlanta. So you were a couple episodes behind and you got to watch the two best episodes of the season. Thoughts. It was such a treat. I had a great time. I had a great time. I was like, okay, we're going to get into it. But I was like, first of all, I would love to go on a trip with these ladies. I think it looked so fucking fun. And I was like, I would love Candy to be my headmistress and like, you know, boss me around in like, you know, I'd want to wear like a cool outfit and do totally. all the things. It's she, <laughs> she is so fun and so fun. These women just needed to let loose, you know, yes. just like, and I love that candy doesn't drink because you can still have so much fun and not drink. I'm not mm-hmm. a very big drinker. I'm just, I get headaches. <laughs> I just, you know, and it's so fun to see them all together and enjoying each other's company and getting along for the first time in a while. You know, seeing Marlo and Kenya have that like heart to heart. Do you think it'll last? No, but I loved to see it. I think they're still friendly. Really? Okay. I was like... trying to stalk them on Instagram to see if they comment on each other's posts and they do and they like like there is engagement there hey 
I love that. I mean, growth for them. It was, I think it was just so nice, especially like at this point in this pandemic, like seeing just like a fun girls trip and just all these women like enjoying each other and having a great time making out. I mean, you know, we love to see it. It was great. It's so fun. And I think a lot of these women, um, it's just interesting to see their, them kind of like not feel so much pressure around their sexuality and just yes. like, you don't have to label things. You just do what you feel, you know? A hundred percent. I found it so refreshing when Cynthia was like, Hey, I got really turned on watching you guys fucking around. I like, can we just, can we talk Beverly Hills? There was a whole season about whether or not Denise and Brandy hooked up in any capacity. Meanwhile on Atlanta, they're like, yeah, we made out. Yeah. I liked watching you guys fool around. And it's like, everyone's just like, that was a fun night. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, there's so much more fun. There's so much more fun. I really, you know, who would you have been at that party? Ooh, I've been thinking about that a lot. Like, would I have been a Shamia, like, half-assed in the fun, but, like, not really fully there? (laughs) Mm -hmm, (laughs) Which is, like, mm -hmm. how I think I would be. Definitely not a candy. I'm a follower. I'm not a... No, I would not be a candy. Okay, wait. Will you refresh my memory? Cynthia went to bed like first, right? Or like early? No, she went upstairs and then came back down. That's right. And then came back up. So that actually does sound more like me. (laughs) I feel like, yeah. I would go go to bed and then like get a little bit of FOMO. Be like, oh, it sounds like they're having fun. Maybe I'll go back down and then totally get like sucked into more partying. And then go to bed but like still get a decent amount of sleep compared to other friends and wake up with my bra on the tv yes (laughs) (laughs) it's just hanging there on the corner yeah that sounds like me although I think like in like my the earlier days of my 20s I would have been one of the people that was up until the sun came out also will you remind me what Drew did so Drew, it sounds like, was she was like around a coffee table and Bolo like flipped her. I don't it's hard because we don't like actually see it. I can't really yes. imagine that being that bad. Yeah. Cause, like, cause, was it that sexual? I don't I don't really know. Because she didn't seem I don't think she did anything that was like like really out of line because she was like, Oh my gosh, I have some like moves to take home to my husband. And she was like excited about it and seemed very just like tickled by the whole experience. So like in that way, I could also see myself being kind of a drew who's like, I'm just thinking of this as like fun girl time. And there's also a stripper there. And like, she just treated it all like a joke. And I feel like I would do that too. Yeah. I probably would be slightly uncomfortable with Bolo in particular. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wait, you go. More just, I don't know. I'm not great <laughs> with like this whole idea of like strippers. Like I know he's getting paid for his time, mm-hmm. but it's like there is this like, I'm so, I'm like such a loser. I'm like, there's such like a power imbalance, but then it's like, he's a man. So like there, maybe there isn't a, maybe we're flipping yeah. the power balance. Like, I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. So I thought, I thought that I was the same way. Then at a bachelorette party a few years ago, I went to see Thunder from Down Under in Vegas and I was like, yeah, 
I actually thought that it was super refreshing seeing a bunch of women just like objectify some hot dudes on a stage in like little thongs and cool sneakers. So I, you know, after that, I was like, no, I'm definitely not against male strippers. I will say I don't want to see anyone's dick. Like, I don't need you to take your dick out. But like, if you want to wear, you know, some hot pants and then like show your butt, that's fine with me. Yeah, I think I'm on that page. I went to yeah. a Chippendales once in Vegas. Fun. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny too. Yeah, it was like And okay. they like bring someone up and they like gyrate all over them and the woman's always like, Oh my god like yeah. covering her eyes and like <laughs> and I'm always secretly like, I wish that was me, but it's fine, you know. I would rather have a I'm again, not the most like fun of everyone, but I would rather have like a New York City bachelorette party, you know, mm-hmm. with like karaoke bar and like going to see a Broadway play and then that going to like Marie's Crisis and staying out till 4 a.m. like singing show tunes with people. That sounds fucking magical. I think you're the funnest person I know as of literally right now. Right? For my That's bachelorette party. My thing. I want to go to Wisconsin and like get a speedboat and just like drink a bunch of beers and like go to dive bars and like go to a flea market. Leinenkugel beer. Oh, oh yeah. Spotted cow. <laughs> Spotted cow is my favorite. I love it. I love Spotted cow. Yes. New Glarus. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I also would do like a cabin in the woods thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I just don't think strippers are my like jam. If I got to choose various types of parties, mm-hmm. that's not like at the top of my list, Fair. but I would go along to get along. Same. You know? Yeah. Like I have no interest in like a stripper being invited to my future bachelorette party. And I also don't like dick things all over. Like I don't want a dick straw. I don't want like dick confetti or dick pasta. Like just make it look cute. Unicorns and stuff like that. Rainbows. Yeah. Yeah. Just like pretty stuff like that. <laughs> so what do you think of the Drew and Portia dynamic and the Latoya and Kenya dynamic? Because I feel like they each have found their sort of mini me in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really refreshing to see Kenya just be like, I have a crush on you and I'm annoyed that you fooled around with Portia. I was like, oh my gosh, because I talked to Mani about this on Mixing with Mani like weeks ago. And I feel like she was the person who first said to me, like, I think Kenya has feelings for Latoya and like, that's what's going on here. And now that Kenya finally admitted it, it's like, cool, this all makes sense. The private jet of it all, it all fucking makes sense, you know? Oh, my God. I didn't even think back to the private jet. She's definitely trying to impress her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Portia's like her enemy, you know, in this situation. It's like you're sleeping with the enemy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But like, I I mean, I love just watching. I love watching Kenya navigate LaToya getting closer to the other women because it clearly stresses her out so much. And now that like cats out of the bag and I'm like, oh, you have a crush on her. It's like I've totally been there when you have a crush on someone and they're like giving other people more attention. And you're like, well, fuck, like especially someone you don't like that you don't get along with. That's like a slap in the face, you know? Definitely. I really like the Portia Drew dynamic, though. Drew's definitely mm-hmm. finding her own voice. I was a little mm-hmm. nervous having this like marriage be her main storyline agree because her husband is total crap honestly yes. I can't I will not make excuses for him and a dud awful and but I like that she can have fun and I like that she is sure of herself and confident yes, yes that's the thing I I feel the exact same way I'm so happy we're 
getting her getting more of her personality when she's around the women and making her relationships to the other women be more of her storyline because she's so fun. She's so refreshing. I really enjoy her on the show, but like I'm not interested in what's his name? Ralph. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not interested in Ralph. He's just like a dark presence that I'm not interested in. I was impressed about how much she shared with him. About the party. I think that's actually good. I think you should be able to share what happened. And then Cynthia with Mike, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of that. I don't think you should feel like you have to hide things from your partner, which brings us to (laughs) Tanya. Yes. So I was thinking, and I posted it, and um, some people wrote me telling me I was very naive, but I was like, if Tanya was involved with Portia and Bolo mm-hmm. and thus cheat on her fiance, why would she put herself at the scene of the crime? Like, why would she volunteer unless she had nothing to hide? That's a good point. Everyone's like, it, it was her. Like, there's so much evidence, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, well, maybe she hooked up with Portia. Maybe that's allowed. In her relationship, Mm -hmm. maybe not a guy, maybe a girl, who knows? But I think given that she stops filming eventually, that maybe, one, there is something that went down, and two, that it was not okay within there. Makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, like, honestly, like, I'm like... Oh, well, like, I feel like I'm not having as big of an emotional response to this as perhaps I should be. I'm like, people fuck around. Everyone just like, it is what it is. Like, why do why do we care? Um, But I mean, I also understand why if I were her fiance, I'd be like, what did you do on this TV show? You know? Um, And so in that way, it's like, yeah, there is another person on the receiving end of whatever she did in that room. And that's was it Cynthia who said, like, Portia's single, like everyone leave Portia alone. Like and that I totally agree with. Um, But yeah, Yeah, 100 percent. I feel bad for her, though. I know. I wish I don't know. I don't know what I wish would have happened. I wish they would have stopped talking about it because it was clear that they had some sort of agreement. But at the same time, like not to talk about stuff. But then what would we be talking about on the show? What would we be watching if not for Kenya interrogating these women? So like, well, I'm annoyed that she is selling her friends out and, you know, making what was a really like safe space, really judgmental. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm here for watching the drama and like can't get enough of it. So totally. I also appreciated how Candy was like, we went over this. There's no judgment in the dungeon. Like Candy was like so frustrated. She's like, I literally made that a rule and Kenya ruined it. It's also like if you're not, I don't know, maybe I'm like thinking too much, but like if they're none of them are friends with Paul, why would they care to out Tanya? Yeah. And we don't know what she did. Like, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm sure something went down in a dark room when they were all wasted with Bolo. But I also, like you said, I feel like every couple has their own rules, their Mm -hmm. own boundaries. And like maybe to your point, they had some sort of um, I've also been told I'm naive as well. (laughs) But maybe they had some sort of agreement that like that you know, certain things were okay. And maybe he was more upset about it being on the show. Like maybe he was upset with her messiness about it. And that's why she was like, okay, then I'm out. I can't film anymore. That could be it. 
Who knows? It's definitely going to be a big topic of conversation the next few weeks. Now, something I brought up last week when I was talking to Taria was Mm -hmm. that I was thinking while watching it, how would I feel if it was a bachelor party for Shep? Mm -hmm. And it was all the guys from Southern Charm, and they had a female stripper come in, Mm -hmm. and some of them, including someone who was in a relationship, was in a room with her alone. Like, how would I view the whole situation? Would I be more judgmental? Would I be like, oh, they're such trash. You know, they're so slimy. Like, the judgments I think I have around men cheating, I think, are different, which I'm like, 100%. Why? Why do I feel that way? I'm unpacking that with my therapist, just like my like <laughs> overwhelming disdain for like straight men. I'm like, disgusting. How dare you? But then women do it. And I'm like, yes, girl, do your thing. Proud of you. Your sexuality is yours to explore. Right. I'm like, it's not very nice for their partner if their partner's being completely faithful and they yeah. lie about it. That's not cool. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, wasn't this supposed to be fun? Yeah. I don't know. We're having fun in the dungeon. I'm having like, a lot of thoughts about this. I'm thinking about it way too much. Like at first I was like, <laughs> oh my God, this is the best night ever. This is so fun. Like I felt like I was there with them, you know. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, put on the music. I'll do, I'll even do a shot with you, Portia, you know, like. Yes. And then as it went on in the next morning, I was like, oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, yeah, I, I honestly got anxious watching it too, where I was like, did I do something wrong? Like, right? do I have something to explain? to Jake I felt was like I at I... the party with Bolo <laughs> I felt like I had woke up from it like a, yeah. in a complete hangover wondering what I had done yes that the, all the like establishing shots of the next morning with like Cynthia and her bra on the tv I was literally like stressed I was like oh god I've done something terrible <laughs> It's so funny. I really, this is the problem with COVID. It's like, I really, truly feel like I am there. (laughs) And it starts to scare me. And it happened, it happened when I was watching The Real Houses of New Jersey this week. Oh. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was playing poker with all those guys. I actually do have a group of guys I play poker with back in the day. We we went to virtual at some point and then people moved and things kind of stopped. But we'll we'll do it again. We have like a poker group and it's like all these guys and I'm kind of grandfathered in because Fun. I'm friends with one of the guys and like I know how to play and whatever. So when they were all just like shooting the shit and laughing and joking and like Frank was like, I, you know what? I, I feel like he didn't do it, you know, about Jackie's husband. I was like, oh, of course you don't, Frank. Like, I love you. <laughs> like, I just really I, felt like I was there. That scene, I was like, I'm having fun. We should do this more often. Right? Like, I, <laughs> yes. I literally was like, I love you guys. And that's, I literally had the same thought though while I was watching Jersey where I was like, I hate straight men, but then the men on Jersey come on my TV and I feel so warm and like safe and cuddly. Like I love them all. I know. And like Joe Gorga is like such a misogynist. Like yes. you've got Marge's husband, the other Joe, like vomiting at the first party of the year. Like, yes, I'm very attracted to Joe Benino. I feel like I have to get really? that off my chest as well. Yes. Is it the I mustache? I, I is it the slow a- construction? <laughs> I think it's he has BDE to me. And you, listen, y'all what? don't at me. I think he has BDE. Marge seems very happy. She You're looks right, beautiful. She She's glowing. Yeah. 
Oh, interesting. I said what I said. (laughs) I used to be very attracted to Joe Gorga. And I like to think that in this phase that I'm in, in terms of my personal growth, that I'm now more attracted to Joe Bonino over Joe Gorga. I that's an accomplishment for me. I do think that is an accomplishment, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm I love New Jersey. This this franchise was the one that was the hardest for me to get into. I was not and I never started watching when everyone did. I, it was mm-hmm. the last Housewives show I like got into. I got into every other franchise before Jersey. Mm-hmm. But I think I got in at the right time. Yeah. You know, I got in the Marge's first season, Siggy's last season. I was in and out. Siggy was very triggering to me. He's not you know, great. I was like, I don't like Jew- women, Jewish women represented this way on camera. I can't, I, I can't watch either. this. Yeah, it's tough. But then when she was gone, like that next season and the next few seasons and then having Jackie and Jennifer, they were great additions. I think mm-hmm. they bring so much to the show mm-hmm. and I am just loving it. Yes, there were definitely, I loved the early seasons with, you know, chaotic Danielle Staub and, you know, uh, Ashley, Jacqueline's daughter, yanking Danielle's extensions out of her head. I mean, really good stuff happening in the early seasons. But then there was like a weird lull where like the twins were on and I just was like, I don't know what's happening here. And I left and now I'm back and I'm happy. It was so entertaining like this. So what? how do you what do you feel about Teresa kind of being the center of the show? Because it's getting a little bit exhausting and they all seem so afraid of her. And I don't like when like they're all afraid of Elisa Vanderpump or they're all afraid of a Nini. Like that's not good energy. That's not good ensemble cast work to me. Yes, I'm exhausted by it. I uh I know Teresa Judice is your number one listener, but I'm going to say she's not very smart. So like it's frustrating. It's not interesting to me watching her argue a point because it's not like watching Bethany argue a point where her words are like, shut, 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 like a bunch of razor blades. It's just Teresa being like, oh, you fucking bitch, you thought of that. Like her voice gets really high. Oh, and you're good starts- at that. Thank yeah. you. And she just starts like cursing up a storm. And it's just like it's getting stale to me. It is. And, you know, having them all at Lake George without Jackie made it that much more obvious when Teresa, this episode, stormed out and they couldn't even let her storm. They just like you finish your dinner. She can go in another room and cool off. Why do you have to follow her? Yeah, it's like they're coddling her because they don't want to deal with her when she's upset because she's so explosive when she's upset. And I'm just like, what? Like. It, it's we've seen it too many times at the same time i can also see that they have fun with her mm-hmm. which i usually don't see i'm like wow what does she bring but <laughs> when they were all together and they played that prank on joe gorga and she pretended that melissa was you know flirting with the guy <laughs> from the, <laughs> the restaurant like she was having fun. They all were having fun. I was like, okay, I can see a little bit, just a little bit about mm-hmm. why you might be fun to have around. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's some fun to be found in her immaturity. But when you're in conflict with her and that immaturity comes out, it's just like really fucking annoying. It's like handling a toddler. 
I mean, she has that same sort of, most housewives are narcissistic, but hers mm-hmm. is, it's the longer they're on, those like, oh, geez, the worse it gets. And Delusional. And just completely went off the deep end. And I don't want to see that happen to Teresa. But I feel like because Melissa is her family, like you mm-hmm. can't really go against, I don't know. I feel like Melissa's doing a really great job telling Teresa like, hey, you're not <laughs> like... <laughs> making a whole lot of sense and whatever and like supporting Mm -hmm. Jackie but also not getting too far either way yes I think so too it's a very delicate balance and we all know how Teresa feels about loyalty but also like okay as far as like the tree and Jackie fight goes I think it's like tree fucked up first but I think Jackie's analogy was also fucked up like I think Jackie I understand what she wanted. I understand that she wanted Teresa on camera to clear uh, Evan's name. But I'm like, again, you didn't have to make that analogy. Yeah, I also think that production cut the words that she used before the analogy that made it very clear it was an analogy because Mm -hmm. she has been so steadfast like the whole time. Like, I just said an analogy. Like, it was so obvious to her. That I think in order to make it look like a fair fight between them, they had to cut out. It's like if I would say, oh, my gosh, see, this is where my naivete comes into play. I didn't even think about that. I was like, there's no way she said it exactly as it was aired. That is so true. Now that you've said that, it's I've totally changed my mind. I'm not saying that she should have said it. No, totally. But but if she clearly said that's as if, again, not the best analogy, but if she says that's as if, it's not an accusation of Gia the way it's been edited to seem. I've watched it a few times and I really feel like after editing this podcast, you can make things sound a certain way. Mm-hmm. I don't really do it because I don't have that much energy <laughs> to mm-hmm. go through and perfect everything I say, but you can toy around. And I yeah. feel like when Jackie is just usually so deliberate about her words that she mm-hmm. wouldn't have phrased it the exact way it was shown. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. I agree with that. Do you think we'll Evan see. did it? No. I don't either. Like, at all. I don't either. And I, when she, when Jackie was giving her kids haircuts, like, they, they're just such a sweet family. I think her kids are so cute. I think her and Evan are really sweet together. And, like, if I were her, I would be so fucking mad if someone said that on national television about my husband. If I knew that it wasn't happening. I think mm-hmm. she was more upset because he was so upset. Yeah. You know, he's like, hey, I do this for you. This is for your career. This right. is your thing. I enjoy filming with the guys, all that stuff. But like now you guys are making me part of the story and I never wanted to be part of the totally. story. Totally. I didn't sign up for that. You yeah. know? Even though he kind of did, but you know, well, yeah, we'll let, <laughs> let that go. Um, so one thing that I thought was so funny. So in Brian Moylan's recap, he compares Melissa's reasoning on Jackie versus Teresa, like to Trump's second impeachment, where she's like, <laughs> "Okay, because Teresa is not going to apologize, you need to apologize first. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally, like." This is not logical. It's like, because no one's going to actually get rid of Trump because of what happened, they're not going to remove him or whatever, convict him. It was just so funny and felt so on brand. 
It's like totally they just let Teresa like Trump do like she's a different set of rules. She can say things. She can do things. She can go to Cancun in the middle of like an ice storm <laughs> and like face no yep. retribution. And yep. I think it's hard for the other housewives that don't get away with those things. Yeah, for you know? sure. I mean, like thinking back to last season, I mean, like. I know, like, I had to be reminded of when Jackie was like, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, like she's instigated before, too. But like, remember last season when Dolores just like ripped into Jackie when Jackie, she literally just thought Jackie was fucking annoying. Like, that's what it came down to. It's like she didn't even do anything in that scenario, whereas Teresa has like said and done things and instigated so many times. And it's kind of like a Ramona situation where it's like, there she goes again. And you know, it's like people don't seem to have the energy to even want to deal with it anymore or like correct her behavior. Totally. I think with Dolores and Jennifer and Teresa, they're slightly triggered by Jackie and to an extent Marge, right? Mm -hmm. Their maybe liberalness, their Mm -hmm. um change like difference in boundaries Mm -hmm. um the role that a wife plays the role that they believe a mother should play they don't adhere to the exact same norms and standards that Teresa and Dolores and Jennifer seem to adhere to that they feel very comfortable with yeah so much so than when they're having a casual conversation about sex and virginity like they're not even saying what age they were when they lost their virginity because they would have to acknowledge that they had sex outside of wedlock. Right. Yeah, they're so old school. But yet, Teresa will go to a strip club with her brother, but she can't talk about when she lost her virginity or have a conversation about sex with her children. Yeah, yeah. Like, where is, like, I don't understand the line. It's like a floppy rubber line. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, what is the line? Yeah, it is very, it is very confusing. Also, like, Dolores and Teresa have had men cheat on them, right? Mm-hmm. They've had men treat them very terribly, and they've allowed themselves to be treated poorly, mm-hmm. you know, in the past. And then you've got Jackie, who basically won't stand for it, mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened to her and I think Teresa is like a little jealous and a little angry about it but that's just Mm -hmm. my take on it yeah I mean that's that's a valid take too I don't know I I don't have a ton to add because I'm like yeah I just can't get over how willing they are to joke about sex and talk about sex but then when it comes to like when you first started having sex or like talking to your children about sex. Right. Which is a super important conversation to have. Yes. With like young girls um, and boys. Like how, I don't know. It's basically, yeah, it's that like very like ineffective old school mentality of like, if I don't acknowledge this, then it just won't happen. And it's like, no, it's still going to happen, but you need to like give your child the tools to like, feel safe and in control and understand what it's going to mean for them. And you're also talking about sex on a show that they see. Right. That's the thing. It's so like, like that's, that's already out of the that's bag. That's the difference. Like right. if you have a parent that just never talks about sex, that would make more sense to me. 
Totally. It's like, <laughs> clearly know? they're just weird about it. And like, they just don't want to talk about it. But you have Teresa being like, I want to do it this way and this way. And this. And she's doing all these like positions around the house and her little white dress with the black bow on it. it looked like it was from like 2012, but that's neither here nor there. And then another minute she's talking about how like, oh no, I don't talk about that. They just Melania. <laughs> I also think, like, going back to the Gia of it all, that mm-hmm. Jackie must really not think that Gia does that if she used that as an example. Like, it's totally. a, it's like a awful thing that could plausibly be true of someone of that age who goes to parties and whatever, but it's likely very untrue. So, but it's still a slanderous thing to say. Totally. And I... I love Gia. Like, I just, it breaks my heart just how much those girls have been through publicly, like, their entire lives. And I think all that considered, they're all turning out to be pretty fantastic kids. And I think Gia's always shown, like, a great deal of maturity. And so it's like, yeah, I mean no shade if Gia ever wants to experiment in her life. Like, I think, yeah, valid. But I'm also like, I don't see her as being like the reckless kind of partier that's like coked out until 5 a.m. Again, maybe I'm naive, but I just I'm like, Gia's a good girl. Leave her alone. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, I don't know. They've been through so much. It's so interesting. You know, I always think kids are off limits. But then, you know, once they get to a certain age and once they start making money off of the show, I'm like, oh, I don't know. But then did they really have a choice? Like this was sort of where they were led right. to go. Right. But then although like think about like Roni, like when was the last time we saw like Victoria and Noel? Like I feel like when mm-hmm. Luann sort of started spiraling downward, they were just like not on the show anymore. Or like Kyle's kids. Yeah, they've been shown their most of their lives and they're not trying Where to are they now. But I think Gia sort of stepped in when her dad was in prison and like kind yeah. of became that figure on the show for her mom to film mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. And so it's just complicated. Again, I I've had people be like, you should do reality TV. And I'm like, I would never ever I don't have the I don't have the skin for it I barely have the skin for like a 5,000 person following on Instagram I'm like "Ah!" I I also would apologize which you know they never do they never do yeah they apologize like for you know I'm sorry if or I'm sorry for saying that at this location at this time not totally said not the time not the place (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like, I would just totally apologize for every, like, oh, I'm, I offended you. I am very sorry. That is oh, my bad, you, you know? If you're a mature adult who's, like, good at, like, taking accountability, you probably wouldn't do great on a reality show because it's, like, you, you're expected to get into fights over and over. And you're also expected to, like, remain in, like, contentious relationships with your castmates and like yeah you apologize to keep the story going but like you don't actually give a shit like you're not really sorry you're gonna get in another fight with them you know in a week I could never yeah I really love though when there are two people on a show that have historically not ever liked each other and then find common ground yeah that's like my favorite housewife trope love you know it. like the we're both going through a divorce at the same time or we're, but whatever it is, yes. it's always like 
you know, the two unlikely friends. I can't think it's of a so good example human. yet, though. I mean, I'm sorry to always take things to a place of Vanderpump rules, but, you know, we look at the early seasons when no one was being nice to Stassi and Sheena knew what it was like to be left out because of Stassi leaving her out. And then Sheena goes and comforts Stassi and Stassi's like, we normally hurt each other. And Sheena's like, we do, but I feel bad. (laughs) And then like end of season one, they were like best friends. Speaking of Vanderpump rules, apparently Stassi and Bo have started their own podcast on what is it? What's sorry? What's the app where you like their Patreon? Oh, and it's like eight ninety nine, which is kind of a lot for a Patreon. What the fuck? And they're gonna like share like it's about being parents. Okay, what's it called? Um, the good, the I'm bad, not the gonna baby. Subscribe. The good, the bad, the baby. I'm curious. I'm interested. I feel like they're both kind of honest about their experience, like you know, going through pregnancy and all of that. And Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to hear kind of um, not the mommy blocker view, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like, I don't think he would try and make it sound a certain way or, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to subscribe. I am very curious though. I'm a little curious. I mean, the thing is it would be totally different, but their daughter is so freaking cute She's really cute. She's really cute. And really they cute look baby. really happy. And I like content like that right now. <laughs> like, it's not like, you know, throw down, like, you know, you're throw it in your face, like, we're happy and you're not. It's mm-hmm. just like, hey, this is like what it's like. We're happy. We're tired. It's dirty around here. I don't really mm-hmm. sleep. I still mm-hmm. look like I'm four months pregnant. Like, you know. That all sounds miserable to me, but if they're happy, then good for them. (laughs) I've really been questioning if I'm built for motherhood lately. I'm like, I was reading a book like in my backyard the other day and it was just like silent and no one was talking to me. And I was like, I would never be able to do this again if I had a kid. Well, I think you get breaks here and there. You the problem is when it's a pandemic, you don't. And I think that's what has, you know, made people crazy Mm -hmm. is not ever having a break. Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm going crazy and I'm alone most of the time. It's like in the grand scheme of situations, I'm very, very, very blessed and I'm super grateful. I don't know. I have a really good friend who's a mother to three kids and I'm like, wellness check, babe, like how you doing? And she's she's hanging in, but she's tired. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm really still like kind of interested in these Vanderpump baby stories. It's like, what what are they going to be like as parents? Like, I know what they were like when they're in their 20s. Like, is it possible to fully transform? Are they all total narcissists? Will they completely make it about them? I mean, um, I'm sorry, little baby <laughs> couchy. I think having an Instagram for your baby yeah. that's not even born is so fucking dark. And like, I'm sorry if any of your listeners have Instagrams for their babies, but like, I just, if I were famous and I knew that people were going to follow it, like, I just wouldn't want to do that. It just feels, and it goes against like most Jewish traditions, which you don't even have a baby shower before the baby yeah. is born, just out of, you know, not counting, yeah, not counting your chickens before they hatch. Like, until the baby is there and healthy, like, you don't really celebrate it. You just like wait until it comes. 
And mm-hmm. I've always felt that way. You know, I know a lot of people who've had miscarriages, including like extremely late in, in mm-hmm. pregnancy. It's, and so I see that and I'm like, oh my God, I hope everything goes fine. Like, I, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Yes. And then the other part of me is like, so this isn't a dog. This is a child and they have autonomy. And while mm-hmm. they will be a baby when they're born, they will eventually have their own opinions and thoughts and social media. Mm-hmm. and go to school and like they're going to have a trail of photos and videos about them that were really taken without their consent and shared very widely. Yeah. And that is really hard for me to wrap my head around. It's not like you're taking pictures and sharing them with close friends and family. Right. You're sharing them with the mass public and they could be used nefariously and they could – I don't know. It just and then the kid has no say. Yes. So like when are you going to start listening to your kid's opinion on something? Is it like when they can talk? Is it when they like know what social media is? Mm -hmm. Is it like when can they make a sound judgment? I don't know. Yeah, I will say that's always something I've respected about Kristen Cavallari, where she's like, I'm not going to share what my kids look like because like, I want them to be able to decide that. And again, like I know everyone, everyone's entitled to their own opinions on this. Again, don't at me. But I just like I, I, I do feel bad for if like if you have a kid who's super shy, has no interest in being in the public eye, but their parents are and now their face is out there and everyone knows who they are. That's just like a lot, it it's is lot a for lot. a tiny human to handle. Totally. But I am interested to see what they're like as parents. I know that there's like murmurings about a spinoff show. um, And I don't want to say I would watch it, but I would watch it. I probably would. I really want to see Vanderpump Rules back. I really want to see the Toms and their spouses, significant others, kind of like leading the way. Less of Lisa Vanderpump, more Tom, Tom, Katie, and Ariana. Yes. That's what I want to see. And some fresh, messy new people. Yes. Some fresh, Mm -hmm. messy new people who capture our hearts, you know? Yes. I need to tell you, Mandy, I I went on an adventure the other day to get coffee at like a cute little cafe, like just go in and pick it up and go home because it gave me a reason to get dressed and leave my house. And I thought I saw sitting outside the cafe one Jax Taylor. What? And yes. And I like pulled up and I was like, (gasps) and I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be as excited as I am right now, (laughs) but I am. And then as I and there wasn't like a crosswalk, so I had to like walk around and the guy had gotten up and was walking towards me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm about to cross paths with Jax. And then it wasn't Jax. It was just some other big guy with tattoos. <laughs> Were you in Valley Village? I was in North Hollywood. Is that the same thing? Uh, Valley Village is part of North Hollywood. Got it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Honestly, unclear, though. Like on what the difference is and what the border is. I don't know. But yes, I was not far from where, you know, from the VPR vicinity. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Got to check mm-hmm. it out when I go visit. Yeah. Are you a summer house watcher? I am. I'm actually like really into it right now. Me too. Haven't well, always been. We're chatting before the newest episode comes out this week. But like, what have your thoughts been of quarantine summer house? I'm really enjoying it. I like it's it's nice because since it's quarantine summer house, it's like, yes, they're always in the house. But like, that's pretty much what the show always is, because they it the only difference is they don't like leave to go to work during the week. So it's like actually nice, nice, like escapism for me, because it's not like, 
like on Atlanta when Bolo was there and they were like, put your face shields back on. I was like, oh man, like I wish they didn't have to put their face shields back on. Like I feel like on Summer House, there aren't as many reminders of the pandemic and therefore it's like easier to escape through it. Also, I've, I've always been, uh, I've always responded to Carl, but this season I am very much responding to Carl. I love Carl. I really do. I never cared so much before, but Mm -hmm. seeing him and his mom and then everything with his brother, it's just so much. uh, And seeing him sober and clear headed Mm -hmm. and like getting in a better place. Mm -hmm. I do like seeing the growth. I actually like Summer House because they have actual jobs. Their jobs aren't only being reality TV stars. Mm -hmm. And I find that refreshing and interesting and very relatable. So like mm-hmm. seeing Danielle on these calls, like in her sweatpants, but like a nice top, you mm-hmm. know, like with like half, you know, wet, half dry hair like that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Right. And her trying to like do a ton of things at once. And, you mm-hmm. know, like, OK, when am I going to even be able to go to the bathroom? I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. And right. like, that's what my day is like during the day. Mm-hmm. And I relate and I like seeing what's going on. And I feel like the conflicts that are arising like the real ones not the luke and hannah of it all which right. i feel like is fake um but you know being frustrated at people not pulling their weight and it bringing up other issues and insecurities that they have within their friendships and relationships mm-hmm. so relatable during a quarantine where you were stuck in a house with people yeah yes i know it's like that whole trash argument like it wasn't about what it was about um but yeah, I completely understand how stuff like that could easily become like larger than life because they're just like, holy fuck, like we're all stuck together all the time. I really am like the Luke and Hannah of it all. Again, I'm naive. I know that's the theme of this episode. But like I I really did think her reactions seemed authentic, but also she's engaged now. And I saw like murmurings on Instagram that she was already dating her now fiance, like when this was all going down. So like I was like, damn, Hannah, like what acting school did you go to? Because I totally bought it. Yeah, I feel like Hannah is someone that has and I didn't feel like this until very recently that Mm -hmm. uses their emotions to manipulate people that Mm -hmm. uses like that will cry to manipulate a situation Mm -hmm. and it is chilling. Mm -hmm. I've been accused of that before (laughs) because I'm really fucking sensitive. Um, I don't totally think she is as sensitive. uh, Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah I, I don't know where it's coming from for me like I've always been deeply sensitive and like too emotional um I'm gonna put that in air quote because uh I follow Jeffrey Marsh and they are an amazing amazing Instagram presence um and have made me feel better about being quote too emotional but I do cry a lot but I've also had to question myself and be like what am I sad about what am I crying about and if someone doesn't respond to me crying by being like are you okay is that gonna make me lash out and there were definitely times in my life where it did where I'd be like what are you doing I'm crying why don't you care but it's like well when you cry at fucking everything I can't like drop my feelings to comfort you every single time you know Yeah, I feel like there's a difference between being overly sensitive and like going through stuff and having a lot of feelings and emotions and Mm -hmm. like her crying at a very specific instance with Luke, even though she's no longer interested in being in a relationship with him, just to elicit sympathy for her Mm -hmm. and against him. 
It mm-hmm. felt manipulative and mm-hmm. not an accurate representation. And I do think he let her on last summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I totally believe all of that. But I also don't believe she was a completely naive part to it. I believe she sure. was telling him things that led him to believe that things were okay between them. Mm-hmm. And then I also believe that she started, got interested in the guy that she's now engaged to mm-hmm. much sooner than you know, got involved with him before filming, potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder, like, I'm curious at the reunion, like, if they'll talk about sort of the timeline of what her relationship with um, her fiance, what's his name? Des Bishop, I think is his name. Um, What the timeline was, because it's like, were they sort of like it was early on and they weren't really official. So she still had lingering feelings for Luke, but like was definitely still into this guy. I'm laughing because it's reminded me of when like Phaedra like lied about how many weeks pregnant she was or how many months pregnant she was. <laughs> and it's like you're having a baby now means you got like pregnant before right. you got married. Like we can but do the math. Like you can't have it come out seven months later and be completely fully ready to go. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I'm like, y'all exist on social media and on these shows. Like we can put the timelines together like pretty accurately. So just like be honest when you're asked about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hannah was worried she wouldn't have a storyline if she didn't. Mm. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think that also Hannah finds a great deal of safety in her friendship with Paige and Amanda. And I think last season, because she was on the chopping block with them, I think this season she was probably like, I think it's very possible that she went into the season being like this season. I don't want to be fighting with my friends. I don't want that to be part of my storyline. I want those relationships to feel safe. So, like, let's just see what this Luke situation has to offer as far as a storyline. Like, that makes sense to me, because I think at this point she was probably like, I don't want to have another season where my girlfriends are shitting on me. But then so she's so mean dude. to Amanda about her relationship with Kyle. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Fuck. You're right. <laughs> and also, she's not just upset with Luke. She's like, I'm going to turn the one girl that you like here against you and not hook up with you, Sierra. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's vindictive. Sierra's I think she's smart though I think she oh I do too she seems super observant super intuitive and it's just like I'm gonna like get the lay of the land before I make any decisions and I really admire that about her she's on winter house and I am here for it yes I'm excited to see that me too I'm very excited for that yeah Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for joining. I love chatting with you, Hannah. You are always such a joy. Where can everyone find you, find your comedy, find your impressions and your your podcasts? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mandy, thank you so much for having me on. Truly such an honor, such a joy. I love chatting with you. You're the best. Um, And y'all can follow me at Hannah A. Brown. The A is important. Otherwise, you'll get the famous one. Okay, <laughs> Hannah A. Brown um, to find some of my videos. That's on Instagram. Twitter is also Hannah A. Brown. And then my podcast, Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown, is on an indefinite hiatus. But um, my Gossip Girl podcast that I co-host with my friend Tyler Meredith is called You Know You Love Us. And that is returning for season two, March 23rd. So check it out. Nice. I I remember I watched Gossip Girl when it came out and was really into it and yeah. somehow dropped off. And it's how many seasons are there total? 
think there's like six or seven. I dropped off after like season like three or four. So like it's interesting to recap it because my friend Tyler, my co-host Tyler's rewatched it like every year since it came out. And I haven't. So some of it's going to be new. It, I wonder what holds up and what like doesn't for the time. A lot time. of it doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A lot of it really doesn't. And we are not afraid to go in on it while also appreciating like what the show had to offer. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of issues of consent, if I can mm-hmm. remember correctly. Yeah. I remember thinking it back then, being like, oh, dear, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Consent. There's some some racism in there. There's just yeah. some eyebrow raising, like, mm, moments throughout. Um, but we address them all, y'all. So don't you worry. I need to go listen to that. Is it yes. season two, March 23rd? Yes. Sweet. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on. Love chatting with you and can't wait till we can be united in person at some point. Yes. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, please go ahead, give it a five-star review, and leave a nice note. It really, really helps out this podcast. And of course, be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mandy Slutsker. Take care. Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.